We're back again. It's episode three of our WNL show previews. And tonight we're joined by Treaty United chairman Con Murray and manager Dave Rooney. Lads, thanks for joining me. Delighted. Delighted to be with you. I guess we'll start with yourself, Con. Um, obviously, it's been a, a bit of a tumultuous off-season in terms of we've a new club in Limerick. We've Everything's changed. Tell me a little bit about how you got involved with Treaty United and how Treaty United came about. I suppose we're going back a few months now and, and uh, approached by a number of people who have a genuine interest in ensuring that there is a sustainable future for League of Ireland soccer in Limerick itself. Um, I, I would believe that there should be a top quality team coming out of this part of the country. And we came together and we, we formed at that stage what was Limerick United, but we found unfortunately due to legal issues we couldn't use that name. And so we had to reboot in terms of getting an appropriate um, approach. So we brought a team together of, of good people. We've created a, a very strong board here in Limerick. Uh, we have got incredible coaches like Dave and, and, and Tommy Barrett working with us. And we're now focused, we're well-structured, and we're looking forward to not just a good season with the Women's um, National League, but also now to our future delivery of League of Ireland soccer in Limerick. And just in terms of, Dave, I'll come to you regarding this, because during the off-season, when we heard what was going on, was there ever a doubt in your mind that you wouldn't have a team for that that region? Oh, it wasn't It wasn't really... It wasn't a doubt where we had a team. The, t- the team was always there and the players were always there, but there was there was a nagging doubt that there was other stuff going on in the background. Um, you know, obviously... There was a there was a change out with the name, and then there was a change over. Obviously, the the previous um, club didn't want to lose certain parts of it, part of the club, and, and obviously didn't want another club forming in in Limerick. So, so there was a so like in doubt that you know red tape was going to get in the way. There was never a doubt we had the players. There was never like we have we have two years at this at this level, and the girls are looking to kick on. Like, but there was never a doubt we'd, we'd be able to feel the team. But it was just whether we were going to be allowed to feel the team as such with with all the politics involved and. I suppose with all the stuff that was going inside internally with the FEI that wasn't helping things. There was, you know, could we talk to the right people? We weren't even sure if the people we were talking to were going to be still there, you know, when when, when the decisions were being made. So it was just, just a doubt. But um, look, March, we were, we were probably in a bad place in March. Um, we had to stop training for three or four weeks um, due to the, the, the name change and insurances and things like that. And where we insured, where we insured. So when when you stop training and other teams are in pre-season, you know, other teams are banging on your door looking for your, looking for your best players. So... Uh, we lost one or two at that period, but look, we're okay now. We're in a we're in a good position now. Things have things have um things have kicked on over over the over the, the breakdown, so we're good to go. So obviously, the, the the longer break was probably ideal for you because it gave you that opportunity just to reassess things in terms of Treaty United itself. Con, if they had a went for the start of the season, how how would they be instructed in terms? Of, was the board all all in place at the start, or has it been a long drawn process to get them all together? No, no, fairness, the board have been together now for a good few months. We've been meeting by Zoom and all kinds of um, uh, methods across the, the internet. So we, we were ready to roll. But obviously, there was, as David said, those doubts clouded a lot of the issues. And we had to get certainty, we had to get clarity, and we had to believe in what we were about to do. So we were thrilled, obviously, when the, the women's team came with us to decide to go with Treaty. Um, they're our flagship team for, for, for the current season. And it has given us the basis uh, and, and confidence to push on now for a full uh, League of Ireland team in Limerick itself. 
Talk to me a little bit about, um, obviously, with the with the name itself, Limerick is known as the Treaty County, Treaty United. I was at, when I, when I sort of seen everything coming out, I was like, they're gonna go back to a, a traditional green of Limerick. He went for a blue, for a white and red jersey. We went for the original colours of, of what was Limerick in terms of its origins in soccer. So we did, you're right, we, we did go back to the beginning. Uh, we, we, we took advantage of the treaties. God knows we needed a treaty over the last few months in order to go forward. We, we have that in place now. And the colours will resonate with those who actually really, really know Limerick. Talk to, yeah. me a little, talk to me a little bit about, in terms of structures, have you got everybody on board in terms of the local leagues, like local support, politicians? Have they all come on board and back this initiative? Well, when you say local politicians, the mayor of Limerick launched uh, Treaty United and our sponsor last Thursday, and, and that's a huge thing in the context of, of the strength of the local authority in Limerick itself. Um, we are obviously in discussions with the different leagues. Um, there's a lot of work to be done yet. There's no point in saying otherwise and people have to be convinced have to be brought with us and we would do that Darren but that's that's not going to be an easy path everybody has their own beliefs in what they should do and and, and can do but I, I think we have the opportunity now with what's happening at national level with the FBI and the restructuring to actually bring together a platform for football in, in Limerick and the Midwest so I think we're in a good place to try and, and, and encourage all to be on the same sheet. This is a question that, that bodies can potentially answer. Having the markets fail this year is pretty nice as well. Obviously, you want to play on the best pitches that are available. Well, markets fail will be available, but, but there is a, a proviso there. It has been used by the emergency services in the context of COVID, and that doesn't actually stop till the end of the year. So we're just working through with them what's the best way of managing that, because the dressing rooms are out of commission at the moment. So obviously, that, that's something that has to be thought through. But yes, our future will be the home ground of Marketfield. Yeah, we were, we were in there on Saturday afternoon. I think Cork and Galway played, um, Cork and Galway played a pre-season game, men's game in, in the Marketsfield behind closed doors. And we just went in just to see um, what way they were dealing with, with the COVID thing. So the, the dressing rooms are an issue. There's no dressing rooms at the moment. So we're looking at um, the temporary dressing rooms or just away dressing rooms and the home teams changing. But look, it's everybody, every team's the same. We were up in Athlone the weekend. And Mickey O'Connor couldn't do enough for us in Athlone. But you know, it's every every team and every club is adapting to the new the new norm. Unfortunately, is the way it is. So, uh, yeah, look, we're we're ninety ninety five percent of the way there with the markets fields. And um, there's nothing I, there's nothing I say that can't be worked through. But it's not a hundred percent guaranteed. But we should be okay. Okay, but that is that is the home of of Treaty United, and um, that is where we're looking to play our games going forward. And um, it's the you know it's the historical home of football in, in Limerick, and that's where we want to play. And will we see the Seventeens there, or will they use Hogan Park this year? Hogan, Hogan Park is, is is it won't be using Hogan Park anyway. Um, Hogan Park would would be Limerick FC would use that, that them grounds. Um, the Seventeens is an option there. We we, we spoke to the markets field about it, but we also have another club, a local club, um, looking to to um, progress the women's game in their club, a, a really good club there as well. So. Look, we, we, we'll announce it there on Saturday. We're trying to get it all tied up this week. But, um, yeah, it more than likely we'll go to a club, a local club ground, excellent ground, um, stands and excellent facilities in the grounds. Look, for me, I think that's a really good thing as well because we're we're broadening our base and we're, we're the only, we, we want to work with the clubs. Um, we, we're only as good as... We're pretty united at any level, boys or girls. can only be as good as the clubs that supply us. Um, anybody that tells you any different... 
you know, is 90. We, we take in girls at 15 and 16 years of age and, you know, we're just polishing, polishing off techniques and polishing the diamond as such. Um, all of the hard work is done at grassroots level at the clubs. Um, and, you know, we're, we basically want to work in partnership with all of the clubs in the region. So for us to go and use club facilities and, and have our under-17s playing club facilities is brilliant, you know, so um, definitely want to work in, in conjunction with a lot of the clubs and all the leagues around and, um, and, and bring through the players and, you know, all, as I said, all we're doing is polishing off what they're doing already. All the work, both of the work is done at grassroots level. In terms of the sponsorship for Tree United, like you've got quite a big sponsor in the region, in the electrician. I was just doing a little bit of research and like they employ a lot of people in the area and for them to come on back is that's a big sponsor to have. Yeah, massive, massive sponsor. I think they've, they've um, I think we signed 950 staff in, inside in Shannon and, and like I was down on the premises. We were down till two, two years ago. We went down to give a presentation to them and absolutely have a centre of excellence and, you know, absolutely blown away with the premises. Um, but they also employ another, I think it's 1,200 employees in total. Massive, massive company. Um, but they're very, very big on, on, on giving back to, to local sports. And it's not just ourselves, like they sponsor Bridge United, which would be a, a big junior team in, in um, Six Mile Bridge in Clare there. It also sponsor a lot of GAA teams, like um, you know, they're a fantastic company and, and really give back to the community. But um, when we met them, they were huge on on, on female sports and participation, and you know, and all he wanted to see was was girls playing sport and girls getting involved. We're talking to them about scholarship opportunities as well. They're willing to, obviously, they're looking they're looking for staff going down the line, uh, electronic people and all that. So you know, it might be something that we can deal with them getting girls into ITs and things like that, and, and get them on football scholarships. And you know, so there's all sorts of things we're working with them. But they're a really progressive company, so uh, brilliant, brilliant to get them involved. And, and look, they've, they've bought into what we're about. It's a long-term, sustainable plan. Um, so yeah, really, really good. Just con con this one just for you, more and um, Dave just mentioned there about potential scholarships and stuff like that. Is it now important within the region that you tap into the two univ- the two colleges that you have there in LIT and UL to potentially see can we get three United players on scholarships, not even just for when you have the Women's National League team or the Under-17s team, but as you gradually progress to having the 17s, 19s and senior three United team in the League of Ireland? Yeah, well, again, we'd have, we'd have a good relationship with both UL, LIT and Mary uh, which presents opportunities in, in, in the Midwest and, and even wider. And we've already initial, had initial discussions around potential scholarships in that regard. So, yes, it, it is part and parcel of, uh, let's say, our strategy and our programme to make sure we can support young people, not only in their ambition in terms of playing at the, at the highest level, but also to ensure that they're equipped fully uh, to, to manage themselves um, in that career or indeed whatever career they, they subsequently choose. So, it, it is part of, part of the approach. We have fabulous third level um, institutions within our within our grasp, and also I should say, I mean, and Fairness Electronics, uh, EI Electronics have come on board. Tri Studios have also stepped forward at this stage as well uh, to support us in, in what we in what we're trying to do. In terms of the project that you would have stepped in stepped on board, how long how long have you planned ahead for? Because obviously you wouldn't just jump into a project like this saying it's a one two year project. You'd be looking long term. How long is the plans ahead for Fortry United? How long have you been looking at in terms of is it a five, ten year project before you can you can see really the region blossoming? I, I think we're looking at at the start at a, at a five year. But then we have to break that down. We're also very realistic. The way the way the world is working at the moment, it's very hard to look past 12, 18 months, 24 months. So 
while we have a five-year ambition to begin with, we've broken that down in terms of what our ambition is over that time period as well. So we need to get to a sustainable position within five years with a view to a longer-term opportunity. But um, it, it, get through the first few months is challenging, Aaron, and, and to be perfectly honest, uh, we, we were confident about where we will get over the next two to three years, and we were ambitious as to where we want to be over the five years. Like we've seen in the last couple of years, especially with the, the under-17s last year, they had a fantastic start to the league season. Unfortunately, some of these players then stepped up to the senior level, which meant that the 17s may not didn't finish the way you would have liked it to see. But like, it just shows there is a lot of talent in the region. Oh, there is. I mean, before I got involved with these lads, now I was involved with the underage structure of West Limerick. And I've seen the talent coming through on, on, on the boys and the girls. And... It, 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 it just has to be given that opportunity. And I don't think that has been a, a fair opportunity in, in across all the, the age groups. And I think it needs to be structured on a very professional basis to make sure that that can be done. I, I've seen what Dave has done and, and the committee and, the, and, and, and Irene with the teams that have been put in place. So I have great confidence in where those lads are going. We now have to apply that, those principles and, and those strengths to, to all aspects of our football here. Yeah. Dave, you, you you mentioned earlier you said that as players it's just players would have two years in in the in the game at the moment. But like you look at some of the seventeens who who would have made an impact on your first team last year, there's quite a lot of them there that will will have benefited a lot from just even having them a couple of games last year that will help you step forward even including if you including with the polishing as you do with their with their play. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there's there's there's. Six or seven, seven, six or seven of the key players um, will will step up. They're not, not eligible for under seventeen anymore, so they're going straight into senior football. Um, they they would have we would have introduced them to it last year. Um, definitely, we, we were conscious of the fact that um, the seventeens were a really strong side last year. Um, there was a couple that possibly could have come up and just played senior. They were good enough at the time last year to play senior, but. We were looking long term. Uh, it's always been a long term vision with with me and with Irene and in fairness, um, the whole club. Like there was a couple of senior players that you know couldn't understand what we were doing last year. That you know they wanted these. They, they could see the talents. They could see these players playing on the seventeen level and, and and basically wanted them as as senior players, as full time senior players. And I just thought that would be detrimental to to. Um, their progression just to let them play out their, their under 17 year um, and, and let them get as many games as possible now as 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 it happened we probably cut each other's throats as such because I should have strengthened my squad with all of these you know key players and I didn't I left them with the 17s but we, we might have burnt them out because they definitely were fatigued by the end of the season but we've learned from that um, but they have to really really develop like they're you know I, we, as I said we played at long there the weekend so you know, and I think six of last year's under seventeens um, were part of part of the starting eleven. So we're a young side, but the, the, the years experience they got last year has really, really stood to them. Um, physically, they developed as well. Um, and and look, the, the key to us this year is we're a much, much more settled squad. Uh, these players, you know, last if you imagine say, uh, training last season, they were bouncing up between under seventeen training and senior training. It was a little bit messy this year. They're just fully focused on senior football. They're looking at one set of fixtures. They're they're focused in on one one game at the weekend. So, um, really, really, you know, really, really positive start to the season so far. But um, look, if, if last year's under seventeen were good, this year's under seventeen without putting any pressure on Irene, look to be you know just as good. They're really, really good. You know, so 
um, you know, but that's the sort of that's the sort of conveyor belt of talent that's coming through the, coming through from the local leagues here. You know, there's some fantastic clubs doing doing tremendous work with, with girls here. Um, you know, and, and we're just benefiting benefiting from it. You know, I know you won't have her all the time, but having Irene in with yourself as well as the seventeenth must be a huge benefit in terms of because you you can you, you know when these you see these players that you can discuss about them. And then you get the opportunity to watch them. And then when she comes up, she can show you what's, you know, where, where they're good. And it helps sort of bounce between the squads. Yeah, yeah well, look, we're, we're in a great position this year. And, and, and even, even coach, with coaches, we've added uh, a couple of additional coaches in as well. So Irene is top class. Irene is, you know, I don't, I don't even refer to, uh, you know, I don't like referring to female coaches, you know, because she's a coach. She is a top class coach in her own right. Forget about, you know, putting any prefixes to it, you know. So she's top class. She's brilliant with the girls. But, um, you know, she's going to step back into the seven days and she's absolutely fully focused, on, fully focused and fully driven on the seven days. Now, she'd help me on match days and she'd come in and, and, and I bounce even when we're talking about squads and players. I bounce everything off her, you know, she and she'll talk to me about under seven day players as well. But she's fully focused on the under seven days this this year, um, you know. But she, she's a huge part of huge part of the club. I absolutely lost without her. She's the she's the first person I brought in when when I was given the gig and and we started off a couple of years ago. And and honestly, God, I'd be lost without her. She's she's fantastic, you know. So doing a, doing a, doing a, a brilliant job. Like it's great to see more female coaches stepping up. Like we've seen, there was a. A write up about another one who's involved with the FAO. You would have worked with her at the under 17s at Ireland level and Pearl Slattery. Like, I think we need yeah. a lot more female coaches in the game, yeah. And I think Pearl, Pearl nailed, nailed it on the head as well. Like, I mean, you know, Pearl again is a brilliant coach in her own right, and, and you know, she's a coach, it doesn't have to be male or female, she's a top class coach. And uh, I, I, I work with her still, do a little bit with the 17s there. She's she's top class, and um, she's she's um, obviously still playing away, and she's hoping to go for another two or three years. and you know, she's one of the best centre halves in the country as well. You know, but you know, she's she's a fantastic girl, brilliant person. Um, but you know, there's really, really some really, really good female coaches around. In, and and you know, this I see a lot of the under 17 teams were were, were walking up with games and things like that. And, and a lot of them come through a recent B, B license. Um, Niall O'Regan would have put on like so. Some really, really good coaches around. It's great to see the, the, the game progressing. Just to turn into the fixtures itself, um, not long now, little over, little over two, three weeks, little under three weeks to go. Sorry, um, doesn't start any. It doesn't start easy for us. No, we're delighted. Honestly, God, if, if I had, a, if I could have picked a set of fixtures, I couldn't. I couldn't have picked a better set. To be honest with you, we're, we're delighted with the fixtures. Now, look, but I'll go pear shaped as well. But you know, females, you know, look, they're top side. We have to play them. We have to play them once in, in, in phase one. Hopefully, we play them a second time as well. Um, but, you know, we have to play them once. And, and I've always said, if you're going to catch a team like that the first night of the season or the first day of the season is, is when to catch them. The only thing with females is they've been they've been back earlier. They've been back three or four weeks earlier. They were anticipating Champions League for, for July, which obviously has been pushed back now. But So they were back earlier. Um, we played them in a pre-season game back in March and it wasn't pretty and um, we, we went up very very weak on the day and they unveiled Stephanie Roach on the day so it wasn't pretty um, so it looked very top 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 side but look we'll we'll, 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 um, we'll give it our best shot we'll be definitely competitive on the day we'll be more competitive than we ever ever have been against Beamont. Um but then after that look there's no easy fixtures but then after that um, we have a nice run of games that we'd be looking, we'd be expecting uh, to pick up points in, in, in games two, three, four, five, maybe. 
and see, see can we you know, put ourselves in a position to, to qualify into that top half of the table. The one thing I've said for years, and I'm glad the FAI have actually taken notice of this, is that when they play a midweek game, they regionalise them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're delighted. Obviously, our midweek game is against Cork. Um, I think last year we would have played a midweek as well. So, yeah, we were, we were looking at that. And um, obviously, you know, Wexford would be a bit of a track for us or... You know, but now, in fairness to the, to the women's committee, um, John Floyd and, and Francis and, and, and the lads there, um, they're, they're doing a fantastic job. Like, I mean, they're, they're, they're liaising with the club, they're asking questions of the club beforehand, which possibly wouldn't have happened in years gone by. So, they're, they're you know, there's a meeting before a set of fixtures come out and they're, they're checking them off with the clubs, you know. So, in fairness to them, there's been good correspondence and good dialogue between the clubs. And even I think they're getting the under 17 fixtures ready and they want to meet the clubs beforehand just to make sure you know, the format is okay and everybody's okay. So as long as the clubs have input into decisions like this, I think, I think um, you know, you, you don't have the problems once, you know, you just lash out a set of pictures and, and, and people are going all over the place. We're just happy to have football at this stage, aren't we? Yeah, have, a, yeah. have a date. We know when we're coming back. Yeah. Like, just, just a couple of more a couple of more things. Um, obviously, for yourself, Con, it'll be nice to get out and see see the girls in action early on the season, just to see them wearing the club colours that you've worked so hard on? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's fantastic that we've actually come to this point where we're actually starting to talk about football. Um, and it, it will be with pride, I'll watch the lads wear the jersey and and represent Limerick and the Midwest. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to a good season. Okay, I won't keep this much longer. Um, obviously, I will hopefully catch up with yourself, Dave, on the first night of the season when you're up in Piedmont. But I just want to thank you both for joining me on this occasion, and I really do look forward to this season. And it's great to see everything is running, everything is coming coming along well for Treaty United. Thanks very much, Aaron. Perfect.